color. So if you want a specific color for a day, yeah. it won't save it though. But it will. I mean, there's a way to actually program it. So it'll be the kind of manually choose for the day.
How you doing, Randy? Okay.
You okay to you okay to play by yourself? All right, we're gonna get started. Okay, we're gonna get started. Romans five eight. And there we are. There we go. Good morning, everyone. We're gonna go ahead and get started. Happy late Thanksgiving to everyone. We're, uh, we're going to get started today by turning in our hymnals. We're going to sing 402, Like a River Glorious. So if you please stand, we're going to sing 402.
let's uh, remain standing in prayer. Lord, uh, as we gather this morning, and we, uh, we know many are in today from out of town, we, we uh, uh, just continue to give you thanks for uh, the time we can see with, spend with family and friends for this time as a year as we continue to just uh, give you the thanks and praise uh, as we enter into the Christmas season, uh, and ultimately we just continue to ask for your guidance through everything we do, and in your name we pray, amen. All right, if you'd like to have a seat, we do have some general announcements, lots of things going on here. Uh, regarding this upcoming week. So first of all, just a reminder for some things. As we look to our Christmas season, we're going to have our, our, uh, our some special things happening on uh, Sunday, December 18th, one of which will be all of the poinsettias and things that will be up here. So a reminder, if you'd like to purchase those, you can see Joyce Ellenberger by next Sunday, the 4th. You're going to see that next Sunday is a lot of deadlines. Uh, for a lot of things, so one of which is the ordering of those poinsettias. So make sure you see Joyce Ellenberger. Uh, if you have questions about that, Joyce is up way in the back. Welcome, thank you, Joyce. So for waving. All right. Next Sunday as well, there will be uh, some uh, pr uh, Sunday school Christmas practice for students grades one through twelve. That's actually Saturday and Sunday. So Saturday at ten in the morning and Sunday after the morning service. So just keep those things in mind for those who may be involved. Um, and just uh, keep in mind that then the following week we'll have our official board meeting on a Thursday. So for those of you that are in that, uh, that falls on a Thursday this year. Looking uh, into this week, this Thursday we have our Christmas parade. The, the church float is in the Christmas parade. Uh, so we always give out candy with uh, information about the church, tracks, information, stuff like that. All that is going to be happening this Thursday. Now, the judging for it is at 5. You don't have to be there at 5 if you're working or something. Uh, that is, that's okay. But typically, the parade kicks off around 6. And I believe this year, we are in the first section of the parade. So basically, if some folks were asking about how do you get to our float? And what you want to know is we don't ever actually know exactly where we're going to be because of the parade order, but we know we're in the front. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So they'll be wearing what again? They have a vest, a safety vest. Okay. And then they wear a fancy hat. Perfect. Okay. So you can ask them. But what we told everybody is if you park over at the Station Medical Center and walk over the pedestrian bridge, you'll see everybody's doing that. You walk over the pedestrian bridge over the railroad tracks and go down, start walking up 10th Avenue Expressway, which is kind of backwards than how traffic flows. You will walk right into our church float. So that way, and you can ask any of those folks that. Uh, Nancy mentioned as well, and they'll, they'll help get you there. So uh, that would kick off by 6 o'clock, so make sure that you're there for that. Uh, let's see here. All right, let's go to our birthdays and anniversaries and, and of such. Uh, today we have is, is November 27th. Uh, we have today is uh, Jim Kemp's birthday, who's, who was in over the weekend. Did he leave already? He, yes, he did. Okay, but he was in. Uh, so he's a member of the church and uh, currently lives in Indiana. And then on the 30th is Kenley Martz. So happy birthday to those folks. Into December. On December 1st, this Thursday, Jamie Horn. And on the 2nd, John Stump. So happy birthday to those folks. We enter into December. All right, so that's it for our birthdays that are upcoming this week. 
We also have our Bible trivia. Who offered to end a war by participating in a one-on-one -on -one duel? David. Very good. Very good. Everybody hollered that one well. David and Goliath. Absolutely. The more things change, the more they stay the same, right? People offering to end those on, on uh, duels. Okay. We have our uh, get-to-know-you questions. As a reminder, we passed out to everybody in the church the, the get-to-know-you questions uh, a couple weeks ago. We are starting to get some back, but we definitely would like to get more. You can simply put them over in the basket underneath the R in Resource Center. There's a basket right there. If you put them there, we'll make sure that we get those. Uh, it's a great way to get to know each other a little bit. So we're going to uh, have our first uh, of set of new questions here today. And this first individual answered, what is your favorite mat material object that you own? And this individual, very specific, Mike Lindell's three-inch mattress topper. Ah. <laughs> Literally says that. Okay? So that's, that's good to know. What's your favorite food? Dark chocolate, 72% or greater. So, interesting. No. The next question. Are you a sunrise, daylight, twilight, or night individual? This goes along with the second question. The uh, sunrise, the early bird gets the chocolate. <laughs> so we know this person likes to sleep, and they like their chocolate. It is not Bev Hetrick. No, no. Oh, somebody had it. Yeah. Say it again. It is Linda Gower. So yes, absolutely. So yeah, and I do want to read this one too because I agree with you. One of your biggest pet peeves: people that drive slow in the passing lane. Yes, yes, right. Yeah, that that um. That happened to me just yesterday, you know, and it's, it's amazing how quickly we, uh, we get agitated by that stuff. So how fast are you driving in the passing lane? Just flash the lights and let them think that you're in emergency. That doesn't work. Take my word for it. That doesn't work. Good to know. And, and Linda, how fast are you driving in that lane? I know. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Good deal. Um, did I miss any other announcements before we, we keep moving on? Any other announcements we need to go about? Okay. All right. Well, let's stand. We're going to sing uh, Since the Savior Found Me, and we'll keep moving. from the Altoona Bible Church greeting you, the warm-hearted church of the heartwarming message of Family Church. Why not join us this morning for our worship service? Sing with us, pray with us, and follow the message in God's Word. This morning I will bring the message entitled, Are You Looking for Peace? 
that you continue standing, turn your hymnals to 793. We're going to sing, Master, the Tempest is Raging, 793. to be all about the power of God and it's most certainly expressed through music here. So let's sing verse 3 nice and loud. special music today, Nancy McClellan is going to be playing on the piano, a uh, song appropriate for this time of year. She's going to be playing Give Thanks.
Nancy for that. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. So some exciting things going on this week. Uh, keep in prayer for uh, we have our Christmas parade. Sean just announced that a little bit earlier, but keep that in prayer. Uh, we're going to send a remind and post it on Facebook as well so you don't forget about it. Uh, definitely need a lot of walkers. We're handing out 3,000 tracks. So to get the gospel out there uh, involves everybody here from the church. So come on out, uh, enjoy that. If you can't walk, uh, you can also sit on the float. Uh, we need smiling faces as well. And it looks like someone's calling right now to talk about that parade as well. <laughs> so also, we also have, uh, if you're in, interested in poinsettias, uh, you can get a hold of Joyce Ellenberger right there. But also at the Resource Center, there is uh, some a piece of paper involved with that, the cost of those as well. Uh, we also, this midweek Wednesday Bible study, uh, invite you out there. We're going to be in the book of Romans, finishing up chapter 10. Exciting, uh, exciting book, the book of Romans. At the same time, uh, when we have our Bible study and, and prayer time as well, we have our Kids Club program going on, and that's grades 1 through 12 that they meet in the gym from 645 to 815. And we also have a pre-K and kindergarten there in the beginner's room, and they uh, start uh, exactly at the same time as our Bible study, 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. So I think that's all the time for announcements. Just also keep in prayer. Uh, one other thing, keep in prayer uh, for our missionaries as well. Keep in prayer for those. Uh, there's a love gift today as well. At the same time, uh, also keep our UBU, our kids in prayer as well, uh, moving forward, and also our Christmas programs coming up as well. So, all right, that's all the time for announcements. Uh, the choir is going to be... Uh, Coming on up here, and they're going to be singing, giving thanks.
right, amen, choir. Thank you. This time I'm going to ask you to get out your Bibles. We're going to have our scripture reading today. If you uh, please get out your Bibles and turn to Romans, uh, Romans chapter 5. A couple weeks ago, Clara joined me, and Myla asked to join me today uh, for our scripture reading. So I asked Mila what she wanted to read, and she said, Romans 5, 8, and 9, because you sing about this in Sunday school, right? Yeah, it's like Romans chapter 5, verse 8 and 9, something like that. All right, perfect. All right, so we're going to read Romans 5, 8, and 9. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us much more than being now justified by his blood. We shall be saved from wrath throughout him. Amen. Thank you. All right. So that is a song that, part of a song that the kids sing in Sunday school. Um, and just a reminder that we do have Sunday school for all ages, kids, adults, um, and we cover lots of good content. It's a good time to ask questions, get into that. So we encourage you to come out to that as well. All right. At this time, uh, Nancy McClellan is going to play her second number, uh, which is Great is Thy Faithfulness. <laughs>
All right. Thank you, Nancy. We're going to sing one more time before Pastor Aaron brings uh, the message here to us today. So we're going to ask that you turn in your hymnals to hymn 738. Please stand. And we're going to sing, My Lord Knows the Way Through the Wilderness. That's 738. Be seated. All right, kids that are in junior church, you can be dismissed at this time. Okay. If you're new here, the kids meet in the back as they watch all the other kids fly backwards and follow them. Either way, we're going to be in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, and verses 5 to 9 today. Philippians. Chapter 4, verse 5 to 9. Yeah, it worked on the first time. Let's read it together. As you turn there, I'll start to read. Philippians 4, verse 5 to 9. Let your moderation be known unto all men, the Lord's at hand. Be careful for in nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Verse 9, those things which you have both learned, and received, and heard, and seen in me, what's that word? Do. And the God of peace shall be with you. The title today is, Are You Looking for Peace? About three months ago, Liz and I and the kids were driving home from a good old day at church. It was a good day. Kids were running around like crazy. Good, good junior church, good Sunday school lessons. Good message, I believe, from the Pastor Stewart that day. They enjoyed a nice day of fellowship with the church family. But boy, when we got in the car, I was really tired. So either way, we got in the car, we started heading home, and I said, Hey, guys, listen. Mom and I are pretty tired, and I know you are too. Or so I'm trying to convince them. We're all going to go home. We're going to put a movie on, and we're going to take a nap. 
the kids were, were good with that. It surprised us, really. It really did. It surprised Liz and I a lot. And I was very happy that everybody was on board with this taking it easy after church. So either way, we pull up to the house. Everybody gets in the house before me, the kids, Liz. And then I walked in. Liz's eyes are like this. And I'm just in utter shock. Lo and behold, there was dirt all over our living room, all over our kitchen floor, the couches and the kitchen table and the kitchen chairs. I looked at Liz and she looked at me and we both said, what happened? We were looking for a peaceful afternoon, but instead our other kids... The dogs gave us a two-hour cleanup job. Our little guy decided to lay underneath the printer, and above the printer was Liz's nice pot of aloe plant with freshly poured lots of dirt. The dog bumped into the printer, bumped the vase, you know, the all off. It shattered it. The plant went flying, and I can imagine what the dogs did. They looked at it. One grabbed it, and they played tag with each other the whole way through the house while we were at church. Long story short, it was a very, very long time of cleaning up dirt from the floor, from everything. We were looking for peace. All I wanted was a peaceful afternoon. I was tired. And then I became angry. Angry at the dogs. And then obviously that turned me into a bear to be around while cleaning up the dirt throughout the whole house. But while I was cleaning it up, I thought, you know, I shouldn't be this way. I should be able to have peace even when going through hard times. I have peace with God because of what the Lord Jesus Christ did for me on that cross. And because of that, I can experience the peace of God in my daily Christian walk. And so can you if you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior. And so are you looking for peace? Well, first and foremost, as the Apostle Paul starts here in our chapter, in chapter 4, in verse 5, he starts it off, Let your moderation be known unto all men, the Lord is at hand. If you want to experience the peace of God in your daily Christian walk, it starts with our behavior. It begins with our behavior. See, this word moderation in this text does not simply mean to hold back for excess as in all things in moderation. It contains the idea of gentle and behaving appropriately. There is an appropriate way for a believer to behave. Our behavior does not determine our standing with God, but our standing with God ought to affect our behavior. Turn to the, to the left, to the book of Ephesians in chapter 5. Again, our behavior does not determine our standing with God, but our standing with God ought to affect our behavior. And again, if you want to experience the peace of God in your life, because you have peace with God. But if you want to experience that peace of God, it starts with your behavior. Let your moderation be known unto all men. And again, 
It, it, it matters when you understand you're staying with God. It should affect our behavior. Look what he here, says here in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. He says, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye a light in the Lord. What it's, what's it say? Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather what? Reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. When you're understanding, when you understand you're standing with God, it should affect our behavior. When you understand that you're a child of God, that you are no longer in darkness, that you are light in the Lord, you are to what? Walk as children of light. You're to be that channel of blessing. You are to show the fruits of the Spirit. And part of the fruit of the Spirit is peace. Fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace. Starts with love. Starts with love. So God, through the Apostle Paul... He's, he's issuing a challenge here for you and I. He says that you need to let your moderation be known unto all men. That you, you are to behave appropriately. This is, this, this is so practical to you and I. It's very practical. The reason we often have no peace is the reason why we have no peace. Think of this. The reason you cannot experience the peace of God in your life is because of your behavior. Is because of our behavior. It, it, that, that deals with it. When you're behaving like you're a mad lunatic, when dogs are throwing dirt everywhere, nobody's experienced the peace of God at all. Nobody. It's because of our behavior. It conflicts with who we really are in Christ. And God sees you as his dear sons and his children as saints. So our behavior does matter. So again, God through Paul, is, he's, he is challenging, he's issuing a challenge for you and I, for us to live a consistent, live, live a life consistently as who we are. Live, a, live our life consistent with our faith and our standing. You're already in Ephesians 5, go to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, chapter 1, chapter 4, yeah, verses 1 through 3. Chapter 4, verse 1 through 3, and those who are on, on Facebook, there is on the screen for you. But it says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with longsuffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. We are to live our our consistently with our faith and standing. He's challenging you and I, again, wherewith you are called. You are called to live a life with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, no matter of the situation, no matter whatsoever. But what should motivate us, right? What should motivate us to live a life for God? What should live a life... What should motivate us to live in peace or to show love, to show joy or to show peace or to show long suffering? 
Look at what Philippians 4, the last five words. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The what? The Lord is at hand. What should motivate us? The Lord is at hand. Not knowing when the Lord is going to return for the body of Christ should always, should always motivate you and I. It should motivate us that right now, now, today, or very soon, you could be face to face with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's the day we're all looking forward to, is it not? It should motivate us to live our lives for Him. That, to, that our behavior, that we should, that it does matter how we act. It does matter. It should motivate you and I. The Lord is at hand. And that's a day that we're all looking forward to. A couple of passages of scripture here on the screen for you. 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We should not all sleep, but we shall what? All be changed. We're going to have a new glorified body like the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that not? Amen. In a moment. When? In a twinkling of an eye. Anytime it can happen. That should motivate you. Anytime. Boom. We're gone. Right? We're going. No, we're not. We're still here. But that's the idea. That idea of being motivated, knowing that you're going to see the Lord and Savior face to face in a twinkling of an eye. So live your life for the Lord. Titus 2.13 tells us, looking for that what? Blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. What should motivate you and I? The Lord. One day you're going to be face to face. We don't know when he's coming back, but we know he's coming. His word tells us, and it can happen in a twinkling of an eye at any moment. Christ's imminent return ought to motivate us to set better or different priorities in our lives. Also in the things that we do. We waste a lot of time, do we not? We waste a lot of time. I know I waste a lot of time. How many people ate too much turkey? Too much, too much pie, right? Yeah, we waste a lot of time sometimes. But what are the things? What are the things that we should be doing if the Lord was coming tomorrow or even today? What are we to be doing? We're to be ambassadors for Christ. Think about it. Christ is coming someday. He's at hand. It's not a question of whether it will happen, but rather when. Will it happen? And what ought we be doing in our lifetime? Right? What ought we be doing right now? If he appears in the air for you and me. Think about that. You and him face to face. Think about it. With the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Face to face. You're going to look back and say. I should have redeemed the time. Could have done so much. You guarantee you will. I guarantee you will. I guarantee I will. So what ought we to be doing? We're to be living a life for God. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. It does matter how you act. Your behavior does matter. People watch you, do they not? Kids watch you all the time. My kids watch me 24-7. It's quite annoying sometimes. Dad, I remember when you did this. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that right now. You're in trouble. 
Dad, remember when you were mad and you were just throwing the broom on the floor and you were yelling at the dogs and you put the dog in the cage, you put the one in the garage and the dogs are barking and you're saying, be quiet, be quiet. Dad, you remember how mad you were? No, I don't. I don't even know what you're talking about. It does matter how we act. Kids look. People, not just kids, but people look. Liz tells me all the time, your mouth is so loud. Do you know people are listening to you? It doesn't matter to me right now. I'm mad, right? For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, what? Peace. I mean, when you're living a life of peace, when people see that you're just walking around and they're just like, wow, there's just something about you. You're just, there's, this world's not stressing you out, man. And then you can tell them your story. Why you do, why you, why you have peace, how you have peace, that you have peace with God, that they can have peace with God, and that they can experience the peace of God in their life. Experiencing the peace of God starts with our behavior. It really does. Let your moderation be known unto all men, the Lord's at hand. And then it starts with giving it all to God. Giving it all to God. Look what verse 6 and 7 tells us. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The word careful here, be careful for nothing, meaning anxious or worried. Being anxious will solve nothing, right? It will solve nothing. It will not solve anything at all. Instead, it will only make matters worse as we worry and fret, right? Again, it has the idea of don't restrict or choke off going to God, right? When we worry all the time, when we fret about certain things, do we get anything done? No, because all we're doing is worrying about it. What about this? Or what about that? Or how are they going to like this? Or how is this person going to like that? It doesn't matter. Give it to God. Give it to God. Don't restrict or choke off going to God in prayer. But he says how? But in everything by prayer and supplication. Our prayers are to concern everything. To concern everything. And listen, God can handle it. Can he not? He can handle it. Look at what Ephesians 3 tells us. Look at Ephesians 3, verse 20 and 21. Tremendous passage of scripture here. Our God can handle it. Our God's a big God. He's, a, he's God, creator of heaven and earth. God. Our God can handle it. Ephesians 3, verse 20. Read it with me. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding, what? Abundantly. Above all that what? We ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. God is going to do above all, above more than what, you know, more than we can ask or think. Now you put that in your mind and think about that a little bit. Because you can't think about that. That's how our God can do it. Above all that we ask or think. Above all. Exceedingly abundantly above all. So when he says Philippians 4, he says what? Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer. Everything means what? Everything. 
Your, our God can handle it. He says, give it to me. Take it off your chest. Give it to me. Don't worry about it. Our prayers are concerned are to concern everything. And then Paul says here to what? To bring supplications. And this word simply means a request or a petition. We may go to God for any detail or request of life. Whatever is where in our heart and on our minds. God knows what is best. He does. And just because we don't see today from tomorrow doesn't mean we should doubt God. Right? Paul says in what? Philippians 1. He tells us for to me to live is Christ and to what? Die is gain. He wasn't worried about tomorrow. He was worried about getting the gospel out. To preach the gospel to the lost. And he says, if I die, that's fine because it's what? It's gain. And it is gain when we go and we're face to face with the Lord, is it not? I remember the other day visiting Mr. Randy there, and I don't think he really remembers so much of the conversation. But uh, I remember we were talking about certain things, and he says, can you imagine what they're seeing right now? People who are already gone home to be with the Lord. They're face to face. Can you imagine that? Look, they're, they're with the Lord. What they're seeing right now. Could you imagine that? God. They're with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Be careful nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Don't worry about tomorrow. Because God's got it. We should not doubt God. God works all things together for what? Good. Tremendous verse of scripture here. Romans 8, 28 on the screen. Tremendous verse of scripture for us all to memorize. And ones who are listening on Facebook and, and watching on Facebook and, and watching on our television program or YouTube. Memorize the scripture. Because when you memorize it, it's in your heart, it's in, it's in your mind, it's in your heart. And when you're going through the trials and tribulations of life, you can say, and you can quote this verse, God, I know you're going to work it all together for good. Because he's going to. His word tells us it. And we're to give it all to him. Be careful for nothing but in everything. Our God can handle it. He's going to do far more than what we can even ask or think. And he's going to work all things together for good. We may not understand what is happening right now. But we're told by God to trust him with all our hearts. A tremendous verse of scripture on the screen as well. Trust in the Lord with what? All thine heart. Half your heart or all? All. All thine heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. That's a hard thing to do as human beings, is it not? Because what do you want to do? You want to lean onto your own understanding, right? Yep, not, I'm not trying. Uh, God, we're going to have to step aside here, and I, I think I'm right here on this one. How many times have I been right? Where's my wife? She's not over. She's over there now. I'm barely right, right? I lean under my own. No, can't do that. No. Uh, lean on not unto thy own understanding, in all thy ways, what? Acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. She's switching me up here. She's over here now. We have family in town. But, yeah, lead, you don't trust yourself. You trust God. He's got tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. You can't worry about tomorrow because you can only worry about right 
now. One thing I'm trying to teach my children, I'm trying to teach myself as well, is I can only worry about what? Right now. I can't worry about five minutes from now. I can't worry about the past because the past is the past. Get over it, right? Move on. Worry about right now and God use me right now. Use my life right now. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know you're going to do a good work. He's going to do a good work. Trust him. Trust him. We need to quit trying to force. Yeah, here's the other thing, too. I, I, get, I, I get in trouble with this, too. Quit trying to force what? Our will. Right? We try to force our will sometimes. Allow God to do his will. He's going to fulfill his will with or without you. Let me say that again. He's going to fulfill his will with or without you. You can't sit on the bench back here and say, okay, God, time out. We're done. Stop the program. Nope. He, God desires all men to be saved and what? Come to the knowledge of the truth. 2 Timothy 2.4. He's going to have a fixed heaven and an earth someday. And that's with or without your help. You're still a child of God if you accept Christ as your personal Savior. And you still have a heavenly hope. But he wants you to, to be a, to be, you know. Part of the, you know, want to be workers. You, you want to be part of the workers together with the body of Christ. But if you want to sit on the bench, you're still a child of God. But hey, he's still going to do what he's going to do. People, you know, he still desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. Still desires that. That's with or without your help. Now, my desire for you and I, I'm to be a cheerleader, cheer each other on, encourage each other, build each other up. Because we need each other. With the body of Christ is not shining as lights in the world, who's not getting what out? The gospel's not going what? Out. And Satan's winning the battle. He has a, he's lost the war. He's done. He's heading to hell. Christ made, he has victory, right? We have victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior, you have victory because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And now you're to share that victory with what? The lost. So we're to share it. Get, up, get, get upon this boat here. We want to share it. Okay? And so God, he says, give it all to him. Let him worry about tomorrow. Let him worry about all the issues of your life. And see how he, how he, how he moves you. See, see how when you trust the Lord with all thine heart and lean on unto thy own understanding, that's when you start seeing, oh, wow. God, that was you. Wow. I see that. I see it now. Didn't see it then. Didn't like it then, but I get it now. You ever have that effect? Right? Wow. God. Right? So, either way, but Paul continues here by reminding us to use thanksgiving in our prayers. And happy Thanksgiving, everybody, again. But we're to use thanksgiving in our prayers. Isn't it easy to forget all that the Lord has done for us every day? But that's what, you know, he, he's done for, I mean, we can say thanks, reminding us. Supplications with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving. We can say thanks when we remember that he is for us and he works all things together for good. And the answer to your prayer will be no different. It will be best. So thank the Lord, right? It is who he is. So let your request be what? Be made known unto God. And the word request simply means ask God for whatever we need. Right? What's a need in your life? 
got a lot of needs, right? Just like little kids. Little kids got a lot of needs. Even adults, adults got a lot of needs. They, but, you know, what's a need? It, but you have to define it, I guess. A need from a what? A want, right? We, we, like, we want something, right? But then what's a, you know, a need is an actual need, right? So just this past week, and still have some family here in town for Thanksgiving, uh, it seems like the thing to do is let's, let's just go to Dollar General with all the kids. Yeah, that works, right? And let me tell you, the wants come out. They come out. I'm just watching. It's fun. But all of my kids are pretty good shoppers. But then there's Ivana. She doesn't understand the difference from a need to a want. It's really not a want. It's all a need. That's what she thinks. Taking her shopping, it's exhausting. It's so exhausting. And it could be a, a dent to the wallet in all reality. That's why I don't bring my wallet. <laughs> we just go look. But let's not forget God's definition of needs. Philippians 4.19. You're already in Philippians 4. But he says here in verse 19, But my God shall supply all your need according to whose riches? His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Also, 1 Timothy 6, 6 to 8. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought what? Nothing into this world, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be what? Therewith content. Get an idea of what a definition from want and needs is, right? <laughs> Trying to teach that to a child is tough. Trying to teach that to an adult is even tougher. Because we all have wants, right? We all have a lot of wants. So let us be content. Let us be content with where we are in life. And always be thankful for all that we have because of the Lord. And so we're to give it all to God. Verse 6, verse 7. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through who? Christ Jesus. So give it all to God. There's no promise here of getting all that one asks for. There's not, there's not one. There's not, that doesn't show up here at all. Although God reserves the right to do so, if he so pleases. But there is a promise of the peace of God. The promise of the peace of God that surpasses our understanding. There is also a promise that God will keep. Right? He will keep it. Keep your hearts. And that word keep means guard. It's to guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This is a promise that is far better. Far better than simply promising to give us everything we ask for. And if you got everything you asked for, you wouldn't want it. Because if you go to Dollar General and you give a $5 gift, the next day you don't want it because you want the $10 gift. And then you want this. There's always something more you want and the next thing goes on your shelf and goes in your basement, it goes in your closet, it goes in your attic. And therefore then you're dusting it off and you're thinking, oh, I forgot I got that. 
This is a promise that is far better than simply promising to give us everything we ask for. That keeping, it's keeping, guarding, right? Guarding your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The, that keeping produces peace in our lives. Centered upon the Lord Jesus Christ keeps that peace in your life. Experiencing peace of God starts with our behavior. It always does. From the beginning, it starts with your behavior. How you approach God is how he approaches you. Did you know that? How you approach his word is how he approaches you. It's Hebrews 11. Hebrews 4, sorry. But how you approach him and how you approach church and how you approach life affects everything. Your behavior affects everything. So experiencing the peace of God starts with our behavior. If you want to come to church and you say, I want to learn, I want to grow in God's word. How do you got to approach church? You got to show up. Congratulations, you showed up. But the next step is also reading your Bible, taking it home, studying God's word. How you approach God does matter. So getting the peace of God starts with our behavior and giving it all to God. And then the last part here is this, putting it to practice. It's putting it all to practice. It's, it's learning how to behave. It's giving everything to him and not worrying about it. If you're going to pray about it, what are you going to do about it? Why are you worrying, right? Give it to him. And then put it into practice. Put it into practice. What verse 8 and 9 tells us to do? Put God's word into practice. Finally, brethren. Finally, brethren, right? Finally. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, and you've already quoted it, and, do, and what? Do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Put all eternal value things in your mind and heart, and let that move you in your daily walk in the Lord. Go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Again, it's the mind, right? Book of Philippians, the theme of it, some say it's a joy, it's not, I don't believe it's a joy, I believe it's the mind of Christ. It's the mind of Christ. And the one thing that Satan, that the deceiver is after, and all of us, and even the, the fallen, you know, the unsaved, and our, and our children, and families, and the world, he's after the minds. He's throwing fiery darts at every single one of you, is thinking you're not good enough, that you're not saved that it's not free, it's not by God's grace, that you've got to do things for salvation. God says, for by grace are we saved through what? Faith, it's not of ourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. He also wants you to fixate on what? Worldly things. What's God's word tells us to fixate on? Heavenly things, spiritual things, eternal value things, things that matter, the things that we, we didn't bring anything into this world. I've had four children, and not one of my ch children brought a dollar bill to me when they came out. And when we exit this world, absent from the body, and what? Present with the Lord, face to face. 
Look what he says in Colossians 3, verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are what? Above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your what? Affection on things above, not on things where? On the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Even Christ, who is our life, shall appear. Then shall you also appear with him in glory. Christ has paid the price for your sins. Your old man has been crucified with him. Therefore, the old man, the sin nature, does not own you. You have the fruit of the Spirit in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And you can live a life with good behavior. We know that, right? Put on, we're to think on eternal value things Put that, get that in your mind. That's what Paul says here in Philippians 4, verse 8. He says, whatsoever things are true. Here is a list of eternal value things. He, he gives us a big old list. He says, focus on truth. Bring, truth brings what? Brings peace to someone's life. Now, one thing about politicians and, and politics and everything like that, I kept hearing it all the time. They always say, this is the truth. This is the truth. Fox News, ABC, Newsmax, MSNBC, they all say the truth. You know what's the truth? God's word is truth. The word of God is the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15, rightly dividing what? The word of truth. It is the truth. So fixate your mind on heavenly things, eternal value things, true Things Get in the book. God's holy word. Then it says, whatsoever things are honest. Fixate your mind on honesty. Honesty is the application of truth. And just. Whatever things are just means right. What things are right, it's just. And pure. He calls us to purity in our physical lives. Did you know that? He calls us to purity in our physical lives, eternal value, what God has in store for us. Whatsoever things are pure. 1 Thessalonians 4, 4 tells us that every one of you should know how to what? Possess his vessel, body, in sanctification and honor. Upon salvation you were sanctified, set apart, declared a child of God, called a saint. And God says, act like it. You're my child. You're set apart from this world. You have a heavenly home. You're now his ambassador, which means it tells you that you're not living here for all eternity. Your home is where? Heaven. So fixate your mind on those things. Whatsoever things are pure and whatsoever things are lovely. And that word lovely means to be pro-friend. In other words, loveliness. is Loveliness is the quality that makes one favorable or acceptable as a friend. So it means to be pro-friend. And then he says also, fix your mind on a good report. Right? How many times do we fix our minds on good reports? A lot of times we don't. People like drama. A lot of people like drama. Good report. They like, they like hearing a bad report sometimes. He says, fix your mind on good reports. Hearing something good about someone. That cheers you up. Should make you happy. This was a verse that Liz picked out for Nolan on the day of his birth. Did you know that? I didn't, you probably didn't know, so I'm going to tell you right now, because you probably wouldn't know, because you weren't there, right? But the reason why, because he was born on April 8th. 
Well, here's 4.8, right? And it was a good report the day he came out. He brought lots of joy and a lot of time on our knees praying, by the way. This great passage for that. That's what Nolan does. Brings lots of joy to our family. But then he gives that little grin. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, please help us. That's what bring lots, brings us on our knees. And, and, and trust me, when you have children or you don't have children or grandchildren or nephews or nieces, there are times when you are going to be on your knees praying for them. And if you're not praying for our children here at this church, please start praying right now. Because our children, our UBU and our kids, all of the things we do in our ministries here, we are to be praying for it. And not just for that, but we're to be praying for what? Each other. The whole house, right? All of us. We're praying for each other. And then he says here, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, what? Think on these things. Reckon them so. And then he says in verse 9, everything you have learned, received, and heard, and seen, and even what we're reading right now, what Paul did, he says, do. The word do. This is, this is the, here is the joining of the divine will with human responsibility. A walk of faith simply means living in accordance with the word of God in the power of the Holy Spirit. Resting upon him. Do we want to know the result of this whole thing? What's the result? The result's this. And the God of peace, what? Shall be with you. God desires that we have true peace of mind in our journey through life. Regardless of the circumstances. Regardless of how many dogs you have and how much dirt they throw on the floor and how angry you are. God desires that we have true peace of mind in our journey through life. By allowing the character of Christ to flow through us with purposeful prayer and proper thoughts to encourage our walk. We may truly have a peace that passes all understanding. To experience this peace, you need to have peace with God. And the only way to have peace with God is accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Through His death, His burial, and His resurrection, your sins have been paid for. It's your choice, human responsibility, to accept the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I pray you don't leave here today if you don't know where death will lead you. If you need someone to talk to, get a hold of me, myself, or one of the deacons at the door after the church service. We would love to talk to you about God's gift for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and grace. We thank you that we have peace with you through the blood of Jesus Christ. But we also thank you, Father, that we can experience the peace of God. In our daily walk, help us to be an encouragement to each other. And we thank you, Father, for everybody who's here and the ones who are listening and watching and the ones who are not here, Father. Go before us, and Father, I just thank you for your love and grace, what Jesus Christ did for us on that cross. And through his death, burial, and resurrection, we're going to forgive us of sins and eternal life. I just pray, Father, for the upcoming uh, Christmas parade and all the tracks that are going forth and I pray for all the hearts to be softened, to hear their need for Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you, Pastor Aaron.
We're going to close our service by singing 591, Wonderful Peace. So please stand and turn to 591. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today, and we thank you for the rain, and thank you for the great sunshine that we have been having, and just, uh, Father, we have so much to be thankful for and everything we have through the precious blood of Jesus Christ, and Father, help us to be uh, ambassadors for you and to, to, to walk in uh, newness of life, to be bold, and to share the gospel and uh, with the lost, and uh, go before us, and again, we just thank you for what uh, Christ did for us on that cross, and through his death, burial, and resurrection, we can have forgiveness of sins and eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm.